Adams, prepare for multi-ball. Hello, and welcome to Pinball Nerds Podcast, coming all the way from River Hibbert's Nova Scotia to the holes in the side of your head, introducing your host, Orbit Albert. That's me. Take it away. Welcome back, Pinball Nerds, episode 319 of your fifth favorite pinball podcast. My name is Orbital Lovert, and on today's episode, we're getting to the end of the year. Today is December 31st. It's, in fact, uh, here in good old River Hibbert, Nova Scotia, we are uh, nine hours away from uh, 2020. So I thought, what could be a better day than to go back and talk about my favorite five moments in pinball? So I want to be clear, as many of you know, this is more of a blog style than a, 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 a typical podcast, uh, and so this is kind of how I interact with pinball. So these are not what I think are the five largest moments in Pinburg, uh, or, or in Pinburg, in, in pinball. There, There's a Freudian slip for you, but these are more so just for me personally, okay? So Orby's got your back. Here we go. Let's jump right into it. So number five of the year for me uh, was getting into Pinburg, as you might have guessed. So I have to give a big shout out uh, to Mike Dimas of the Canadian Pinball Podcast, uh, who was able to get me in, and Joe Stanzik, who was also one of my buddies there trying to get us in. I'm hoping, praying, wanting, uh, knocking on wood that hopefully this year they have a different system to try to get us in, a different tiered system, and they release all the tickets at the same time. So for people who really, really, really want to go and are willing to spend a little bit extra to be guaranteed a seat, like myself, they can do that. Um, it's not that I'm a rich person. It's that the probably from now until the day that I die, getting into Pinburg will be the most important uh, thing that I do each year. I don't know. I don't know. You know, I'm probably oversaying that, but you know, I've already had kids. I'm done doing that. I've already got married. Um, I've already got to go to my very first Pinburg, and they, you know, they say every Pinburg after that probably won't be quite as magical or as fun. You know, the first time you you go to a big concert or you get a girlfriend or um, you know, your first time that you, uh, graduate, you know, from high school, certainly the second and third time you graduate, it's not as fun. Am I right? Uh, no, but, um, oh, well, I'm thinking about it. I wanted to thank Tim Sexton very much. He finally got back to me with his answers. I know he's super busy over there at Stern. Um, but, uh, Tim Sexton will be getting a Pimmel Nerds podcast trading card. I do want to apologize to everyone. I had worked my butt off on trying to have those cards done on time. And I had a little chink of my armor. One of my good buddies mentioned, hey, you should have the opportunity to have a photo credit on there. And then another one of my good buddies said, uh, you should have an option to be able to buy the entire uh, deck at once. And I've now had two people say they want to purchase all 50 cards. So there's going to be 50 cards in the Pimmel Nerds podcast uh, deck. And they said that they would give me the money up front. And they went, and I said, no, 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 I'm not, uh, I'm not Dutch pinball. I'm not taking your money ahead of time. Um, once they're all printed up and if someone so chooses to purchase the whole set, great. The problem was I only wanted to do packs because when I was using Patreon, the only way I could figure out to do it was, you know, give away one pack at the $5 level every three months, give away two packs at the $10 level and maybe like four, four or even five packs at the $20 level. The issue was I wasn't going to be able to get anyone their cards for Christmas because you'd have to wait till that third month. It's just like anything else on Patreon. Like if you get a free t-shirt, you don't get a free t-shirt the first month you sign up. It's like after you've been there a certain amount of time, like six months or a year or three months or what have you. 
So then I thought, well, I want everyone to get these cards before Christmas. So what I'll do is I'll say everyone who signs up at the $5 level will get shipped it. But can, but then I started looking at the shipping prices of even something lightweight. And we're, we're talking it was going to be over $5 to most of mainland United States. Well, that's where 70% of my listeners are, right? So what I've decided to do is not go the Patreon route. That way I don't have to pay the Patreon fees. The conversion rate to Canadian was also nuts. That way I also don't have to wait to receive the money. Um, and the main thing is I spoke to a gentleman, uh, a shout out to Curly's, Curly's trading cards at the Mosaic Market in Amherst. I talked to Curly for some time about it and he brought home the fact that all the trading cards in the early 90s, all the score trading cards and the upper deck trading cards and the Opeachy trading cards, whether it was baseball or hockey or basketball, they overprinted way, 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 way too many of them. And because they were not exclusive, people have held on to these. I think I paid like $15 for an Eric Lindros rookie card. It's now worth like five bucks, like mint condition. Um, so uh, anyways, he, for those of you who don't know, he was a very uh, big hockey player. They thought was going to do awesome, but got like four concussions and didn't do as well as they thought, right? But what I came to the conclusion of is I need to not only have the packs, but I need to have the full sets. And then I also need to really limit them. So what I would like to do and the numbers are not finalized, but I'm, my goal is to have 50 different trading cards and to make 50 cards of each of those. And included in the 50 will be the five free cards that I'm going to try to get give to everybody because I'm printing on a much larger sheet. Everyone's not going to get nine. Everyone's going to get five. I'm sorry. But what do you expect? I'm over to Albert. It's the top five. Um, the, the, so everyone who, who gets a card will get five of their own card for free to trade with friends. But I am going to have... 10 exclusive boxes, uh, approximately either 10 or 15 max, that would put us at, uh, so each box would have uh, 10 cards times five, so like 50 cards basically. Um, it, would, it would have uh, all 50 of the cards in it. And each one of the box sets, I believe I'm going to try to auction off on the Pimmel Nerds Podcast Facebook group. Uh, so if you haven't liked me on Facebook there, make sure you go do that. And to anyone listening right now, I want to know, I'm going to be doing a year-end review later. Glenn, the skateboarder, may be joining me, depending on if he gets all his Christmas shopping time done in, together. And if we can align our, if our, we can get our schedules aligned, Glenn, the skateboarder, will be joining me. He messaged me this morning and thought it'd be cool if he could join me. Had a little bit of extra time today. And the episode I did with Glenn had a lot of listens, and I, I think a lot of people really liked it. And the audio came out not too bad. So um, I would love to try to do that again, of course. Um, but going back to the trading cards, we're probably going to have 50 trading cards, uh, and then do 50 of each card. So five times five, obviously 25. So there would be 2,500 cards in total, approximately a uh, thousand of the cards. So 50 times times 20. So we would have 20 box sets. A thousand of the cards will be available in purchasing the entire deck. And that will still make it hard enough for everyone else just buying a couple packs to actually collect all of them. Because obviously if you bought five packs, I'm going to have to make sure I randomize. You don't want to get 10 Orbital Alberts in your pack of cards, right? You don't want, uh, you know, you don't want 10 Jack Dangers. Well, maybe you do want 10 Jack Dangers. He's pretty rad. But, um, oh, anyways, I, I wanted to remind everyone tonight, Jack Danger is doing a live stream on Twitch for New Year's. I will try to be in chat. Uh, we're going to have some some of my son Hayden's friends are coming over from good old River Hibbert here. So having a little New Year's party. Shout out to all the River Hibbert people. I guess a couple of them even listen to the podcast. And tonight might be their first pinball tournament. So I'll be dipping in and out of chat, but I hope to see you all there if you're available. 
Um, I'm very, very, very excited though to continue working on the cards. I would say we're done just over half of them now. I did get uh, laid back a little bit with Christmas and uh, my wife's mother uh, came in. My mother-in-law, Michelle, came over. Thanks, Michelle, for playing some pinball. Some of you guys saw that picture. That was really cool. She actually destroyed my youngest son, Owen, on Fireball Classic, which is like his favorite machine, uh, getting half a million on her first time ever playing, which was really cool. Um, she didn't go on to win the tournament or anything. That, of course, was Hayden. So three tournaments in a row now, guys. I have not won at my own house. No, four. Four tournaments in a row. I have not won at my own house. So who knows? Maybe tonight I can do that. But let's go back to the trading card just for a second. I'm not sure when they're going to re be released. My new goal is by Groundhog Day to have them done, printed, chopped, and I want to make really cool custom packages. Because I can't write the number of each pack on every single card, I want the number handwritten on the sticker that I use to close the pack of cards. That way all of you people out there know that I didn't just print off a whole bunch separately. Like when these are gone, these are gone. I'm excited to do a second edition, but I'm only going to do the 2,500 cards. And like I said, 1,500 of them will be available in, um, it, this is from speaking to the gentleman at Curly's who is the owner there. Uh, it's always a good idea to have a certain number that uh, you, you know that, that are limited to be available to get in packs because some people like the, the surprise and the fun of it. And I don't think these are ever going to hold really any ne value necessarily. I mean, it'd be really cool if they did. More so, this is just going to be a fun way to give back to the pinball community. Yes, make a little money for myself and, and be able to continue to do things where I gave back to the community uh, this year, right? So very, very, very excited to do that. And let's get back into the top five of the year. Here we go. I will update you guys later as, as more happens with that. But the cards are looking pretty cool. The, the point I was saying earlier with getting photo credits is each and every one of the players, I'm going to finish their card, send them a digital copy through Facebook or email, and ask them, do you know who took this picture? Would you like the photo credit added? Because I think it's only fair. Um, like half the pictures on my Facebook, if you were to say who took that, I either asked a stranger walking down the road to take it if it was of my whole family. I took the selfie myself, which I don't need to see my own name on there for a selfie pic, right? Um, but there is really cool pinball photographers like my buddy Joe Cervino, who may have taken a picture at Pemberg that I wanted to use or something like that. I should have just messaged everyone and said, send me the picture you want with the photo credit. That's what I will do for number two. I just thought it'd be fun to go through their Facebook pictures and pick like a silly picture that may or may not be pinball related and use that. So with Glenn the skateboarder as an, for, as, as an example, Glenn's will have him skateboarding on it because like it's, it's he sent me some really cool pictures. And by the way, if you have a picture that you really like and you'd want, you want me to use, feel free to send it. If not, I'm just going to choose, try to make it fun, try to make it funny. If there's a picture with you and me in it, I might include the two of us. They are Pimmel Nerds podcast cards, right? So, um, but going back to getting into Pimberg, uh, Mr. Mike Dimas of the Canadian Pinball Podcast was good enough to have faster fingers than me. Uh, I'm guessing I got in about seven seconds, which wasn't quick enough. You had to be in there at like 6.9 seconds. Uh, so this year I will again be trying to get into Pimberg, but just finding out after two years straight of trying to get into Pimberg and not doing it, getting into Pimberg that one time was incredible. And that was my fifth favorite moment of the year. Number four just happened about a month and a half ago. I hit 25,000 listens, which means that from October 31st of 2018 until October, well, may maybe like the first week of November, I was shy by like a week. But basically within my first year, even though I had, didn't post publicly anywhere, my first like 20 episodes, 
uh, in first even month or month and a half doing it. No one really knew about it. And then even then I didn't post on pinball enthusiasts or pin side. I've never posted on pin side about it. Um, but all of you are still here and you're listening and I appreciate each and every one of you. Uh, being able to hit 25,000 listens blows my mind. If you were to ask me, I would have said I would have been extremely content with getting even 20 regular listeners. And there's at least 150 of you who listen if you like the topic I'm talking about. Um, so anyways, I was so stoked to get 25,000 listens. That was a personal, like, just felt really good for me. Um, I want to double it next year. Yeah, I want to try to get 50,000. But you know what? Even if I grew just 10% and got 27,500 listens, giving me over 50,000 in total for 2020, um, you know, or for the whole time in 2020, that would just be incredible. So number three on the list is not when they announced Jurassic Park was coming out, not when I saw the first pictures leaked, jerk, uh, not when I, whoever leaked them, stop leaking pictures. Um, not the very first time that I saw Jack Danger live stream it, even though that was really cool with uh, Zach Sharp dressed up as the T-Rex, right? Uh, but the very, very first time that I got to play it, that moment when I got to Pinburg and I waited in line and waited in line, and even though I was really nervous and I should have been overstudying all those machines I didn't know of the 400, just sitting there and waiting and getting excited about playing it, then getting to flip it. And I said this in that podcast, and I'll say it again. The first time I flipped it, I knew I was in love. Um, wow. So that was just incredible for me. I think my Facebook post was like, I took a selfie with it. And it was something like, honey, don't be jealous, but I have another love. And I tagged Danielle in it, of course, my wife. And uh, so I'm still very excited to hopefully get that at some point. I'll have to sell off some of my collection and or uh, maybe just sell a lot of Pinball Nerds podcast cards. No, I'm just kidding. I do want to take that money and, and try to improve my equipment and at least break even on the equipment I've bought for now, to be honest, because between streaming and podcasting, I'm well over $2,000 spent and haven't received a penny back yet, which is totally fine. Like I said, this is like therapy for me. And, uh, you know, most therapists charge like, you know, 80 to 100 an hour. So I maybe would have got 25 hours of therapy. Instead, I got your daily dose of pinball for almost a whole year. I recorded six out of seven days a week doing well over 300 episodes in a year. So very, or sorry, 300 episodes in the first year. So very excited about that. I will be honest. I am starting a new project coming up tomorrow. I'm going to, I'm going to attempt to go, uh, the entire month without processed food. Now for someone who's vegan, vegetarian, gluten-free, celiac, um, been homesteading longer than me, this might be really easy, but I love my cheeseburgers. Okay. And that means no cheeseburgers, unless I were to like buy the beef, then ground the beef myself. So anyways, I'm not going to go too much into that. It will be on my Facebook page, which is uh, Albert Agar, of course. I won't be posting it to the Pimmel Nerds podcast, but if you haven't added Albert Agar, A-G-A-R, go ahead and do that. I will be posting it to there. The good news for you, Pimmel Nerds, means I'll be talking about homesteading less because I'm going to have another outlet to do all of that. And, um, and it's kind of a fun challenge. It's going to be a video concept that's going to be on YouTube as well. So I'm not sure if I'm going to do daily, weekly, or monthly updates. I haven't figured it out that far, but you guys know me. The point is, is that I can concentrate more on pinball during the time that you guys tune in to listen. Uh, on the downside, for some people, means I might be a little less frequent, but my goal for 2019 is to be at the very least bi-weekly. So yes, a week might go by where you don't hear from me. 
and another week. It could be really busy, like with Stranger Things coming out and Rick and Morty in the same week and Punny Factory. Who saw that coming? Three pins in one week, right? Um, I, I might I might have three or four or five, but other weeks where not much is going on, I might only do one or none. Um, depends on which guests I have coming up. I still want to get Rudy Soup on the show, the face of pinball. He was just recently on Brody Even Talk Pinball, so I thought I would give him a little bit of time after that and our Schedules didn't line up, but I'd love to have him uh, hopefully in the new year sometime and maybe even Glenn the Skateboarder later on today. Who knows? If you guys want me to try to get someone here on the show, I feel like now I've got a year under my belt and, and, and you know, done this for a while. I'd be more confident trying to get someone. Just message me uh, through Facebook and I'll try to get them on the show. I'll at least go out there and attempt to do it. Um, so next on that list for me is... The very first time that I got to play pinball in my own arcade. So since I've been a kid, I've dreamed about having like a man cave with my own arcade. And the house that I lived in before was 875 square feet. I squished just barely three pins into there for a short period of time until I sold another one once. But it didn't have an arcade feel. You're in the living room. You've got the dining room table there. You've got the couch. You've got the TV. You know, it didn't feel like an arcade whatsoever. Uh, all of those of you who have watched me uh, stream, actually Team Low Prices was in there last night in the uh, Flippin' Out stream with uh, Zach Many and, or sorry, of course, hosted by Zach Many of Flippin' Out Pinball, um, but uh, in there with Ken Cromwell and Steve Beatty uh, from Special One Lit, and, and uh, Team Low Prices was chatting, and they said, I, you know what, I really, really miss your streams, and I said, you know what, they'll be back someday, I'll be back someday, I don't know when, I don't know how, but I will be there uh, it does cost me $40 even to uh, uh, use the the OBX software that I was using, which is really easy to use. But just to use it one time, I have to pay for a three-month fee, I believe. Last time I checked, and it was $30 or $40. So, And the funny part is where they put the watermark, if you're playing video games, wouldn't be a big deal on the free version. It would be in the bottom right-hand corner. But that's exactly right between where I put my flippers. I guess I could move my whole setup around and stuff like that. But anyways, I might be looking for another, you know, user face, uh, interface to use. User face. Don't use her face. That's what she said. Um, anyways, I'm going to be looking for another interface that might be free. So, but getting my own arcade here and getting to play pinball here, even though I couldn't live stream it, which was kind of my goal, has still just been amazing. And that first time I turned on all the machines and heard that everyone has this distinct arcade sound of all their machines going at once. And it's gorgeous. It's beautiful. It changes from time to time when you put in a new machine or take it out. But that very first time I just sat there and I took a deep breath and I looked around and went, wow, this is what I've wanted since I was a kid. And I know I don't have as expensive machines as some people. And I know other people think, you know, that you need 20 machines for an arcade. But me just sitting there with six machines in the room, or I guess five, um, in the room, it, it was just incredible. It was just like, you know, and it still is fun. I still love doing it. Even tonight, we're going to get to use the arcade for uh, some of Hayden's friends coming over. So very excited for that. The next moment on the list for me uh the top moment on the list, as many of you would, you know, could guess, would be Pinburg. That's right. And I did separate number five as getting into Pinburg because it took months later to actually play Pinburg. So with that being said, it's time for my mini top five of the day. So for the mini top five, what I do is I list, uh, typically in order, and that's what I'll be doing this time, uh, 
you know, the top, I, this time I'm, I usually do a mini top five almost every show, or at least when I think of it. And I couldn't just say Pinberg without giving you guys my top five favorite Pinberg moments. If you've already heard this before, skip to the next episode year in review that should be coming out soon, where we're going to talk about Stranger Things. We're going to talk about Rick and Morty. We're going to talk about Jurassic Park. We're going to talk about lots of awesome, awesome things that happened. Um, uh, let's see here. Okay. So number five for me was hanging out with so many other friends from Canada that I had already met. So this is, this is basically, this is tailgating, uh, tailgating and sitting at the Canada table and having meals with people and, and just fun things I did. So Mike Dimas had his, uh, uh, I think it's a van or like SUV, uh, it parked in the basement at Pemberg and we would go down there and have a nice beer and uh, get some fresh air and just, you know, enjoy ourselves and just shoot the shots for, uh, you know, lack of a better term and have a great time. And that was some of my best parts of Pemberg. I wasn't even inside the building. It was just, you know, sitting there and getting to catch up with these guys. Yeah, you get to see for a couple hours of this pinball tournament or another, but never have I had the opportunity to get to hang out with Mike and Joe for like every day for like four days in a row, right? And Nick Greenham was there, of course. Peace Man Nick was popping in and out when he had the chance. Um, you know, and, and, and so many other Canadians that I got to talk to and hang out with that I just had a great time with. All right, number four on this list was qualifying for A Division. I promise you in 20, 2020, I will attempt to bring that up less often, but was one of the proudest moments of my life and certainly was my fourth favorite was just qualifying. That whole day that I played going, oh my God, I'm in, I could go to A. Oh my God, I could go to A. Oh my God, I'm still going to A. Oh my God, what's going on? I don't want to go to A. Like these people I'm playing with, they're like, one of these things is not like the other. Like, you know, I'm a solid, uh, I believe I'm a solid D to C player on a really good day, maybe a B player. Uh, and if they were all M's and see a solid states, yeah, maybe a, a, a B plus or an A minus, um, you know, maybe sneaking into A if it was all EMs and solid states, probably not even with that group of people there. But um, I don't think that that will happen again. And it doesn't have to happen again because it happened my first time there. And that was incredible in itself. All right. So the next thing on that list, uh, <clears throat> popping into number three was all of the awesome interviews I got to do. So at Helicon the first night, I got to interview Steven from Pinball Undesirables, uh, Ryan Kuiper, TurboGrafx-7. Um, I was sitting at like this, the streamers table, got to interview lots of them. I think after the first, first night was done, um, everyone who said, oh, you'll never get to 100 interviews, I think I had finished like 18. I think some people were like, oh man, this guy might actually get to a hundo. And then I qualified for A division and then I probably started going out and drinking a little more than I should have. And then I got busy playing pinball and couldn't find a lot of places to do quiet interviews and got sick of just asking and bugging people to do it. So I think I ended up with around 60, which I'm still very proud of. Um, but of course I would have liked to have done more. A um, couple of the notables that I got to interview were like Jack Danger, um, got to uh, interview Mrs. Penn. Uh, I got to interview so many fun people. I had a great time. Uh, what is next on that list? So number two on the list. Oh, that would be nice if this was on the correct side. So sorry, number two on that list was the dead flip after party. Wow. I walk in the door. 
I see like Steve Bowden sitting on the left. I'm like, oh my God, I can't go say hi to him. He's too, he's too cool. I can't go say hi to him. I got to go have a drink first. And then I go to go up to the bar and I swear to God, the guy who stands beside me is Jack Danger. I'm like, oh, hey man, hey, good to see you again. Cause I had introduced myself to him the day before, but um, he's like, hey, how's it going, Albert? And he, I'm like, you know my name. Cause I know he came on my live stream once, but you never know. Like I've watched hundreds of hours of him and he's seen like a couple pictures of me. So like, you know, I wasn't sure if he'd recognize me, but he offered to get me a shot. And I was like, uh, hells yeah, let's do that. That's awesome. Like just the fact that Jack Danger is buying you a shot is incredible. And then, uh, of course, after that, I got to meet uh, Crystal Gemmick from the Riptide Pinball Podcast. She was really cool. I spent quite a bit of time chatting with her. And then I got to go talk to Steve Bowden for a bit, which was awesome. Talked to him for, he was, you know, got to speak with him way longer than I thought I would ever get to. And possibly the highlight of that that night was also getting to speak to, of course, Mr. Keith Elowin and uh went over there and Jack Danger had bought us all around of shots and did one with him and then got to tell him fanboyed out for a little bit, but tried not to go too hard. And, uh, that was just, that was incredible. That was very surreal for me. Now, number one is exactly what you think it would be was getting to play in a division on the next day. Incredible. At one point in the morning, I was feeling a little sorry for myself. I was being a bit of a Debbie downer and I was like, oh, I keep losing. And I'm like, yeah, you're playing the best friggin' 200 players on the gosh darn it all planet, dude. You're not going to do awesome. And I was like, oh, I lost again. And I was a little grumpy. And probably the people playing with me were like, oh, that dude's like not having a good time. You're supposed to be here to have fun. But at a certain point, like I thought, well, if I qualified for A Division, just maybe, maybe, maybe I can make the back of finals. No, that's just not going to happen. I played the day of my life to qualify to get into it. And I remember standing there. And of course, now you're on a bank of machines. So there's no one playing directly to your left or right, which is nice. But the closest person playing to my left at one point that I was being all whiny and complaining, the closest person playing to my left was Roger Sharp, the man who saved pinball himself. The closest guy playing to my right is Robert Gagno, who... Of course, these two gentlemen were very, very, very important in my early pinball days. After I'd gone to a charity tournament, I started YouTubing it. And of course, I ended up watching Vice's uh, guide with Josh Sharp explaining how he got the shirt that said, my dad saved pinball. And then Roger Sharp explains the shots and uh, everything else. And then the other video that really got me into it was Wizard Bowden. I thought, this guy is a Canadian. And he's you know, like world-renowned, top 10 pinball player, Mr. Robert Gagno. Not only did I get to play with Robert, I got to play with Robert in a whole bank with him where he destroyed me. But I almost got him on skateball, but he killed us all on Dirty Harry because he's incredible. And then after that, I even got to interview him. So it was like, wow, this is just, yeah, that was uh, that was incredible. And right at that moment, I said, you SOB, don't ever complain again. You're playing at, in the greatest pinball tournament of all time. And you've got the greatest Canadian pinball player to your right. You've got the, the one of the greatest pinball players of all time. Plus one of the, you know, the guy who helps save pinball to your left, shut up Orby and stop being a big baby. And from that moment on, I just enjoyed it. And you know what? I played better for a few rounds. I didn't play awesome, but I played better. And I don't know if I will ever have a year that was as magical in pinball as 2019. I may not. I mean, you know, getting into my first Pinburg after trying for that was coming up to my third year. Um, 
being able to go there and meet so many awesome people. I got to meet Martin Robbins from Head to Head Pinball. Um, I got to uh, just have such an incredible time. I stayed with Peace Man Nick, of course. Um, and and Pinburg really couldn't have gone any better. I mean, I guess if somehow I staggered into D and then like one D maybe or E, like I don't even think I could do that though because I watched those guys playing in the D finals with uh, my friend Megan Sprague from Ottawa and Dr. Pin and they were playing lights out freaking pinball. I was like, geez, I'm glad I'm not in this finals. Um, maybe not quite as good as the A finals, let's be honest. But anyways, that was my top five moments of the year. I still would like to do a year in review. Uh, like I said, if Glenn the Skateboarder and I can get our times together, we're going to do it. If not, I'll be back in probably half an hour, 45 minutes with another episode for your listening delight, everybody. I hope you had a wonderful Christmas. I hope you have a super safe, happy, healthy, fun well, not healthy New Year's because, you know, you can be healthy tomorrow, January 1st. Um, I'm even enjoying a Ryan ginger right now. So uh, I don't normally drink and podcast, but, uh, you know, I've only had a sip out of it. I think I'm okay. The next episode, meh, I might be going a little poor man style when I come back in about an hour. But until next time, Pimble Nerds, I'm going to be leaving you with, because I'm a little homesick and I'm missing everyone back there in London, one of my favorite London bands they're called the Gandarvas, and this song is called Downtime by the Gandarvas. Until next time, Pimble Nerds, remember to eat, sleep, and breathe Pinball.